Welcome to Reality Student Ministries, and thanks for listening. We are all about learning how to live this life to the fullest, getting the most out of every day. For information on upcoming events, sermon series, and ways to connect, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com, as well as like our Facebook page at RSM. Now here's today's message. Last week, if you weren't here, man, you missed a great message. Jordan Smucker was here, and he brought it. He was awesome. Um, if you have a computer, you can get online at reality.painesvilleag.com, and you can listen uh, on the resource tab. Go to the audio section. You can listen to the sermon. Or if you go to Reality Student Ministries in iTunes, we actually have a podcast there, and you can listen to that. Tell your friends to listen to that uh, because he launched us into the My Story series, and the series is about um, identity. And so he talked about a few things. He made us all like repeat, you know, my story is going to be a great story. And I kept thinking about that this whole week. My story is going to be a great story. That God didn't put me here just to have a mediocre story. Like you're not here just to have a mediocre story. You're not here just to get through middle school, get through high school. You're here to have a great story. And, and you know, I loved how he, he painted that picture of living a life on mission and what that looks like. And we're not here by accident, but we're here on purpose for a purpose. And the reality is, and he painted this, he said this, the reality is your story influences everyone's story around you. Your story influences everyone's story that's around you. And so that means that, man, if, if you're thinking about your life as a movie, I want you to think about, hey, I want to be the hero of that movie. I'm not just a bystander. Like, I'm not the guy that's like, hey, look, that's Superman, right? But, but no, I, I want to be the hero. And what would the hero of my story be doing? Because I believe that I'm here for a purpose and for a reason that my story influences everyone's story around me. And, and uh, I love the, the sermon pr- uh, promo or the opener that we had of, of looking at life with the end in mind, saying, you know what, there, there's an elderly lady writing the story, um, or starting to write her story and saying, you know, we all have these choices and every day it's in the small little things that we make these choices. And so, so often we, we forget what our story, ma- uh, what our decisions matter, that our decisions mean something and every little decision puts together and weaves together the tale of our story. And so uh, he also, he brought up the story of the guy that wanted to bring his friend to Jesus and they, they couldn't get to Jesus because the crowd, so they opened up the roof and they dropped him down. Um, and so we talked about this and he ended with this, this closing message that said, who are you close in relationship with, but they are far from God and they need to be brought closer to Jesus. Are we willing to do anything to bring those people, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, close to Jesus? And so that was the thing that he wanted us to remember is, is, you know, the reality is you matter and God matters and people matter. You matter, God matters, and people matter. And today we're going to look at something that you see everywhere. We're going to look at something that that impacts our story. We see it all over the place. You've seen it thousands of times, even today, as you've walked through uh, your school, as you've gone uh, down the road, and you've seen billboards, and you've seen all sorts of things. It's actually at the heart of our story, because this thing that we're going to talk about is what identifies us. It's what uh, is is the definition of us. And, And so I have a couple quick questions. Who can tell me, and this is really difficult, so hopefully you guys can pass this quiz. What is this? 
It's toothpaste, right. And, uh, you know, more specifically, what brand is this? Crest. Okay. Uh, and, and what does Crest promise? It says, I think it says over there. Whitening. whitening. Okay, so this is toothpaste. It's Crest, and it promises to, to whiten your teeth. Okay. Um, who knows what this is? Hand sanitizer. All right. More specifically, what brand of hand sanitizer? Germex. And what is what does it promise to do right there? Kills 99.9% of germs. And moisturize. Moisturize. That's important. Um, okay, so you guys are doing good so far. What about what about this? I'm not even sure. I know what this is. Anyone know? Dishwasher, yes. And and what brand is it? Babo, right? And what is it? What does it promise to do? Removes greasy dirt, soap scum, ew, ew, and tough stains, right? Babo, it's a cleaning gel with bleach. Um, what is this? Anyone know? Anyone know? Yeah, Amanda, what's this? Paper towels. And what brand of paper towels is it? Member marks, which is if you guys ever go shopping, that's Sam's Club. Oh yeah. Um, and what does this promise to do? It's going to be strong, it's going to be thick, it's going to be absorbent, right? So we got, ah! Dishwasher soap down. Bloop. Right? So we got, and then we also have this. How many of you guys know what this is? Bloop. Yes, sir, what, what is this? Cleaning wipes. And it's also members marks. Uh, and what does this uh, promise to do in the yellow? Another kills 99.9% .9 of bacteria in 15 seconds. Whoa, that is super fast. Super fast, right? Some of you guys are like, that's not fast at all. Uh, here's, here's the thing. You guys just labeled it, everything that these things do just by looking at them. How dare you? You judge what's on the inside of this just by reading what's on the outside. How dare you? You guys are so judgmental and so rude. Just by looking at this, you said that this removes scum and dirt. Just by looking at this, you judged and said this is what it's going to do. You are so mean. I can't believe you guys. All right, so some of you are like, no, I'm, that's not how I do it. And when you go to the store, you don't like, you aren't going through and being all sorts of judgmental. And, and I, I don't know, it's, it's not racist. It's, it's, I don't even know, it's... It's cleanest. It's the cleanest, right? Um, you guys judge that, but maybe, maybe you're the other way around. You're, you're saying, no, no, I'm not judging it by and saying what it's going to do. Uh, I'm, I'm actually trusting that what it says on there, it's going to do. I, that's what I'm doing. I'm trusting what it says it's going to do is actually going to do. I'm, I'm reading it. I'm seeing what's placed on it, and I'm trusting that what is placed on it, it's going to do what it says it's going to do. It says that it's going to be thick and absorbent, so I'm trusting that it's going to be thick and absorbent. It says that it's going to clean in 15 seconds, and so I'm trusting that it's going to clean in 15 seconds. And so why can you and I make that assumption? Why can you and I make that declaration? You know why? Because of something that's on it. It's called a, starts with an L, label. It's called a label. Some of you guys are like, man, it took him forever to get to that point. It's called a label. 
You can trust what it says because there's a label. Every item has a very distinct label on it. It's very different from the other. There's, some labels are catchy. Some labels are, are kind of blending in. Some are like warning size. Don't eat this, right? Um, or more of this one. Um, some, some labels are, are just plain. But every item in your store that you go to, every item has a label. Every item has a label. Defining what it does, defining, uh, you know, and those labels are identifiers. They identify what it is. So, likewise, you know, some of us have labels, right? We have identifiers. And so let's, let's see who identifies and who feels like this label describes and defines me. Can we put up uh, the first picture here? Uh, who is identified by Buckeyes fans? Any Buckeyes fans? Yeah, just, just yell. Come on, come on. Any Buckeyes fans? Okay, a couple, a couple. All right, not very many. Wow. Michigan State's coming up. It's going to be scary. They're 10-0, and 0, people. That's incredible, right? All right, next. Who is... A soccer player. We got some soccer players. You guys are raising your hands. Like, you guys aren't excited about this at all. So who's a soccer player? We'll do this again. Wow, you guys are awesome. All right, soccer players. All right, now, now uh, you know, some people are like, soccer, what's that? Football, right? All right, next, next, next. What? Dog lovers. Yeah, I love dog lovers. Oh, yeah. Right, that's such a cute little puppy. I really like puppies, except for when they pee and poop on the carpet. I really like the idea of dogs. I just don't like taking care of them. Um. But I really like the idea of dogs. All right, next one. What's the next one? Hunger Games. Woo, it's coming out this weekend. I'm so excited. Right? Um, Hunger Games coming out. It's really exciting, right? Um, and then this one everyone should get up and cheer for. Yeah, Reality Student Ministries. Woo, right? We are all identified by Reality Student Ministries. And here's the thing. We can all kind of, some of us like gravitate. Yeah, I'm a Buckeyes fan. I'm a soccer player. Yeah, I'm this, I'm that. That identifies me. I, I can go with that label, right? We wear stuff that says, you know, like I have Ohio, right? Um, and so it's one of those things that we can identify with, with some of those things. Here's the thing. Companies put labels on it to identify that it belongs to them, right? So who could tell me the company that has the swoosh? Nike. Nike. Oh, yeah, because everyone knows the Nike. They put an item on it that identifies it. Uh, who could tell me the company that owns the back of this? Apple. Why? Because we see, well, not only is the iPhone, but it's the little apple with the bite taken out of it, right? Uh, an apple. We know what it looks like. Now, some of you guys putting Obadiah in school, I, I've gotten more accustomed to this, but, and even now when we buy clothing, like some of the clothing actually, like jackets, have like a little space to do what? What's on the inside of some jackets? To write your name. Like you can write your name because like when you go to school, you don't want to lose your jacket. And so you're like, hey, that's my jacket. No, it's not. Look, oh, it is your jacket, right? Um, so you write your name or if, if you're into sports, some of the guys, when you got your first baseball glove, you might have written your name on the glove, or if you've gone to school, you, you have a gym bag, and what you got to do, you, you put your name on your gym bag, that way it, it, it identifies it, or if you've ever traveled, like, through the airport, uh, they ask you to put this little luggage tag on it, right, with your name and address, so that it identifies it as yours, right, you put your name on it, right, and so that, that then says that, hey, this is mine, this is, this is labeled as mine, it'd be really weird if you go through the store, and you're just like, Donnie, Donnie, what are you doing? Like Lauren catches me. Oh, shh, 
What are you doing? I'm putting my name on everything. You can't label it yet. Why? Because it's not yours yet. Oh, right? So who has the power then to label things? Who has the power to label things? And this is the first thing. Who has the right or the power to label something? Because we, we look at it, and this is the reality, is, is labels have power. Labels are powerful, right? You think of the word Gucci, you're like, ooh. Or like coach, and ooh. Or like equate, and it's like, that's the off-brand at Walmart. What are you talking about, fool? Right? Um, don't worry, I buy equate. I'm all about equate, equality. Um, and so, but we're, we're like, labels have power. Like, just that label, like, I love um, people that do mislabels. Uh, I used to live in South Korea for a couple years, and they used to always uh, produce stuff that was not quite right. And it would have like Ralph Lauren, if you know what Ralph Lauren is, it's, it's a brand of clothing in it, and um, the, their signature thing is a little horsey with a polo player on it, right? Um, if you've ever seen it, you've seen like polos with a little horsey up here. Um, but in South Korea, like the horsey only had three legs, like, it was just not quite right. Or, like, coach would have, like, not the C's. It would be, like, it would look like M's, actually. They turned everything down. And it was like, wait, that's just not quite right, right? And so, uh, you see, sometimes you could, labels can be misrepresented. Um, and they can kind of go, uh, go different. And here, so who has the power to label something? And here's the first one. The one who made it. Like Nike, Nike can label their stuff. North Face can put their name on because they made it, so everyone knows. Hey, this is North Face. This is a quality jacket or whatever. Um, so the one who made it, they can label it uh, because they know what the purpose they made it for. And the second person, the one who bought it, they can label it, right? They can put their name on it. This is now mine, right? They have the they have the right and they have the authority to to now label that item. And like I was saying, I can't go through the store and label it yet. Why? Because I haven't bought it yet, right? I got to buy it before I can label it. So here's the, here's the reality. When it comes to our story, the same thing happens with our identity and where our label of our identity is. And so here's the most important question is, who has the right to label you? And the answer to that can change your life. The answer to that can change everything about how you live and your perspective. Who has the right to label you? Because the labels that we allow to be put on us are also powerful, just like Gucci, ooh, and, and Coach, and, and Mercedes-Benz, and BMW, ooh, right? Um, those, those labels are powerful, right? And so what we allow to be labeled on us is equally powerful. And I'll just be honest, any label, and I'll be a little churchy, any label besides that of Jesus is going to destroy and hurt you. And, and you know, I was thinking about this growing up, and uh, let's just go down memory lane. Can you guys go down memory lane with me? Back when I was your age, um, when I was growing up, I had labels on me, right? We all have labels of some sort. But, but back when I was growing up in middle school, starting in sixth grade, I went to a school that uh, went first through eighth grade, um, the graduating class, I guess, from eighth grade, it was really big. Um, there was four of us in that class. Um, so I knew them from first grade. We started with 30. Only four actually survived. Everyone else got eaten. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, but 
starting in sixth grade, there were some upperclassmen, I started to feel this thing of labels. I started to realize that everything had a label. Every, everybody was also labeled. And that these labels are important. And so all of a sudden, well, the first label that I got, you can see it here, is this. Weird. Now you guys are like, no way, Pastor Donnie's weird, that's, that's not possible. I know, I know, it was kind of crazy a long time ago. But here, I, was la I felt labeled weird. It could be that I always wore sweatpants and didn't own a pair of jeans. Um, it could be that I was actually in the bell choir. Uh, ding, 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 Right, like, woohoo. Um, it could be that I actually, my... Uh, I hurt my back at one point um, as a kid. I don't know how I did this. But uh, and the chiropractor said, you ha you're carrying too much weight in your backpack. Okay. And so the solution was, and, and this is kind of embarrassing, again, why I felt labeled weird and why I labeled myself weird, was the fact that um, this was before, like, rolling backpacks came out. Like, you know, some of those backpacks have wheels on them, so you can, like, roll them, and you're like, oh, it's still a backpack. You can put it on. Let's go. That, this was before then. So I used my dad's carry-on that he flew with. So I rolled around a piece of luggage through school as my backpack. Like, I'm pretty sure somebody saw that. It was like, that would be a great backpack. I'm going to market that. And they made thousands of dollars off of me. But, like, because my back, like, I threw my back out some way, I had to, like, roll out with my Samsonite. And I was like, yo, what up? Right? And, like, you take it home and you have to And, like, take your off. So I was a little weird, or or it could have been, um, it could be that there's this that there's this girl that uh, I thought she liked me, but I, I don't think she really did. Um, and this was eighth grade, mind you. All right, any eighth graders here? We got some eighth graders. Okay, so your age. This is super awkward, embarrassing. Um, I was so much younger in eighth grade than you. Uh, I I was this girl kept kicking me. I don't know why she kept kicking me, but she kept, would like come up and she'd just be like, <laughs> and like, it really hurt, okay? It really hurt. And I'd have bruises all up and down my shins, and she'd always kick me. So I was gonna, I was gonna be like, ha, I'm gonna fool her. There's no way I'm gonna get hurt by her again. So you know what I started doing every day for a week or two? What? I put on shin guards under my clothes, and when she finally came up and kicked me, and she's like, did you put on shin guards? Yeah, sucker. You're so weird. Donnie put on shin guards. What a weird. And everyone was like, what a weirdo. I was like, what? I, I thought it was smart. I was like, no, I'm being ingenious is what you mean. No, you're being weird. Oh, right? Um, I still remember there was this girl that I thought I liked, and, but there was this upperclassman that liked her, and, and it was kind of like my first like fight, except for it wasn't a fight at all. He just shoved me, and I just stood there because I didn't know what to do. Um, and he was like, get off me. Uh, okay. He's like, no one's ever going to like you. No one wants you here. You're so weird. What are you doing? I, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this a fight? Oh, you're so weird. I felt weird. And then I got out of eighth grade. I went on to ninth grade to a high school that I knew no one at. I didn't know anyone at. And in fact, these people had grown up together. They all went to the same 
elementary school, and so most of them had gone to school since like preschool, kindergarten, first grade, and so they all knew each other. It was a little bit bigger of a class. It was like 60 people now, and I went to this high school, and this was my next label, was this. I was an outsider. I was an outsider. I, I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get in. And, and there's this me and this other guy named Eric. I still remember his name. And, and he was, you know, he was always trying to get in as well. His way of getting in was he joined the cheerleading team, which really didn't help him at all. Um, but I did find out that he. He got scholarships. You know, you could get scholarships for being a male cheerleader, just saying. Uh, I found out last week that you could get scholarships for being on a bowling team. Oh, my goodness. That was crazy. Anyways, so all of a sudden, I never fit in with these cool kids, with everyone that knew each other at this high school. Like, I thought, hey, my first day, freshman year, it's going to be great. Um, you know, I went out for sports. Everyone kind of already knew each other, so no one passed me the ball, so it was really awkward. I'm just, like, standing there on the soccer field. Hey, pass it over here. Like, it just never happens. Um, and then, uh, like, I saw this guy passing a note to this girl. Well, I, I know what happens when you pass a note to a girl. <laughs> that means, like, you like her. Like, you're saying, hey, how you doing? You like me, Mark? Yes or no? Right? Um, I don't know why that's how we do it. But but I was like, so I go up to him later. I'm in gym class. I'm like, hey, Sam, so you, you, you like, like Katie or something? No. Oh, I, I saw I saw you like pass the note. I, I just that was funny, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. How about you mind your own business and back off? Stay in your own lane, man. You don't know what's going on here. Uh, uh, oh, hmm. Right? And it was this, this awkward thing. Like, I didn't even fit in with the geeks because the geeks had been going to school for years. And so, like, they were in with the cool kids. The cool kids thought they were cool. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we've grown up with Kevin and Nate all, all our life. They're awesome and stuff. And so I was like, yeah, I'll hang out with them. And, but, but even with the geeks, I didn't really fit in. I mean, this is how kind of outsider I was. I didn't know how to fit in to the point where the hottest girl in school would sit next to me at lunch. And what would I do? I would ask her to peel my orange can you peel my orange? And Lauren hates oranges. And I asked her to peel them almost every day. And, and for those of you who don't know, Lauren and I went to high school, and, and we were friends for three years um, for, uh, during high school before we even started dating. And it was one of those things that, why would I ever, like, weird. First of all, I have no idea why she ever sat next to me because she hates oranges, and I kept having her peel my orange because I packed a lunch. Uh, like, right? Outsider. I felt like I was on the outside looking in. And I never really got invited to parties. I tried to go to parties, and they never really, no, no, we don't want you here. No, no, and, and no, no one called me up for sledding. No one called me up to hang out at their house. And, and it was just awkward. Just, I always felt like I was on the outside looking in. And that was a label I, I just kept putting on myself that I'm never going to fit in. And then my junior and senior years came, and this was the next label, unwanted. I just didn't feel like you get to a point where you just don't feel like anyone cares if you're even there. You get to a point where you just, like, if I wasn't here, I don't think anyone would miss me. You know, I literally, back to that outsider, I lived on the outskirts of town. I lived about 35 to 40 minutes away from my high school. Some of you live, like, 30 seconds away from your high school. I lived 40 minutes away from my high school. Everyone else lived close, close to the high school, so I was literally on the outside, and, and because I kept doing that and, and commuting, I just felt unwanted because everyone was like, oh, let's not invite Donnie or let's not go out to Donnie's house. It's so far out there. And so I felt unwanted and I started to feel depressed because no one wants me. I mean, no one wants to hang out with me. No one wants to do any of this stuff. And, and that depression led to down a path. And, and some of you have heard me talk about before, but I started 
having like suicidal thoughts. I started saying, hey, you know what? If I wasn't here, no one would care. Maybe if I just drove off this bridge, because I actually knew a guy whose father did that. I was like, maybe if I just crash and go off this bridge, I wonder when people would notice that I was gone. And I just started having these thoughts and thoughts and just thinking no one wants me and no one cares about me. And you know what the crazy thing is? I was involved in church heavily. I, I led worship. <laughs> this is what's crazy. I led worship or was on a worship team. I played in a worship, I led worship three times and played on a worship team one to two times every week. I was leading worship five times a week. And I still was suffering with this depression and suicidal thoughts and thinking that I was unwanted. I should have known everything that the Bible says, but all of a sudden, I wasn't listening to that. I was, I was only listening to the way that I felt. The way that I felt dictated my actions, and, and all of a sudden, I didn't feel like anyone cared about me. I didn't feel like anyone loved me. I felt unwanted. I felt like I had to prove myself every step of the way. Because time and time again, all these social doors kept slamming in my face. And, and because of the way that I felt, I put this label on myself. And, and like I said, most of these labels were put on myself or put on me by myself. You know, people didn't help. Some of those people, you know, said those hurtful things. But, but those labels I put on by myself. And, and it's one of those things that I didn't allow anything else to have input. If I didn't feel good... If I felt like a loner, like a weirdo, unlovable, then that's the label that I wore. And that's the label that I had. It defined what I did and who I was. And so my labels followed my emotions instead of the other way around. And, and here's a fill, or you can see this on your note sheet. It says this, when you label and define yourself inaccurately, you always end up doing things you wish you hadn't done. When you label and define yourself inaccurately, you always end up doing things you wish that you had never done. Enter self-harm. Enter suicidal things. Enter uh, relationship issues because you're trying to fill a void. Enter eating disorders. Enter whatever, fill in the gap that you want to fill in. Enter addiction to porn. Enter addiction to, to alcohol or drugs. Because when you mislabel yourself, you end up doing things you wish you had never done. There's this story of this, uh, this eagle egg that was taken out of this, its nest, and this farmer actually put it with all of its chickens, and, and this eagle hatched, and you know it looked different than the other chicks, but it figured, hey, it's the same thing, and so what did it do? It, it pecked at the ground, it cheep, 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 cheep. It, it tried to fly and only fly you know, two or three feet and come crashing to the ground like all the other chicks and all the other chickens that are, were around. It, it got the, the worms out of the ground and it kept scratching at the ground. And It looked up one day and realized that there's this beautiful giant eagle flying thousands of feet above it. And the chickens were like, yeah, that's, that's the king of the birds, man. That's, we're, just, we're just birds of this earth. I mean, we're nothing compared to that. And all of a sudden... That eagle had a choice and it realized, yeah, I'm just nothing. I'm just a chicken. And it lived the rest of its existence as a chicken when in all actuality it was an eagle. But it decided to believe what was around it. It decided to believe what it saw around and just do everything that was around and what it felt like uh, everybody else was doing. I'm doing that and it never became everything that it was supposed to be. And so here's, here's my point to that is don't label yourself by how you feel about yourself. Don't label yourself by how you feel about yourself. 
we allow people and things that have no right labeling us to put those labels on us, that we're a loner, that we're unlovable, that we're a failure, that we're an addict. But if you remember what we said, who actually has the rights to label things? Anyone remember? The what? The, the owner? The, the maker? The one who made? Def disinfecting wipes? And the one that buys the disinfecting wipes? The one that made the North Face jacket can label it? And the one that bought it can write their name in the North Face jacket, right? Likewise, the same goes for us and the labels that are put on us. The only one that has the right, the only one that it's okay for them to label us is the maker, which Psalms 139 verse 13 through 14 says this, for you created my inmost being, talking about God and how he created us. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who has the power to label us? The maker, God. Next, who has the power to label us as well? The buyer. The buyer has the power to label the item. Who's our buyer? Who bought us? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says, You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Christ bought us when he went to the cross. That he did everything to purchase us from the grips of Satan. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do God's work to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The buyer and the maker are the only ones that are allowed to label us and put that label on us. And for us, that they're one and the same. It's God. It's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's allowed to label us. And the one who made you and bought you is the only one that has the right to label you. Manufacturers, and this is what, this is what we need to understand. Manufacturers don't put labels on this and say, well, I hope this works. This should work if everything goes according to plan. Um, this should work if the Germex actually gets its act together. Hey, this should work when this actually stops doing the stupid decisions, when it stops uh, hanging out with those people, when it stops cussing, when it stops looking at what it shouldn't have, when it, when it stops going down the wrong road, when it's, when it's no longer addicted to, uh, to that stuff, then it should work. Hey, this should work if, if uh, you know, it's not a screw-up and it gets its act together. Now, see, none of these labels have that. Why? Because they define what is already in there. This is going to kill 99.9%. .9%. This is going to whiten your teeth. It's describing what's already present. Not, well, if you mix it together with all the right stuff, then it will do it. Now, I want you to catch this. God doesn't put a label on you in hopes that you're finally going to get there. So many times we understand that God, yeah, I know, I, I got a purpose for my life, that Jesus loves me, and that eventually I'm going to make a difference. No, no, no. God isn't putting a label on your life like, hey, you're a mighty warrior. Hey, you're beloved. 
in hopes that, man, I sure hope he finally gets that. I sure hope he finally gets to that. I hope he cleans up his life to, enough to be a mighty warrior. No, no, no. He's defining what you already are, who you already are, what's already inside of you. And often we think that, oh, no, I got to get my act together before I can do something for Jesus. I got to get my stuff together before God can actually use me. But that's not true. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me, everyone who is perfect, everyone who is put together, everyone who has it all going on, because then I can use you. Come to me, everyone that has never cussed before. Come to me, everyone who has a right relationship with their siblings. Come to me, everyone who, who has never thought a bad thought, who has never had any sort of suicidal or depression, ever self-harmed, ever done any eating disorder, ever gone down the wrong road with their girlfriend or boyfriend. Come to me, those who are perfect, and I can finally use you. No, Matthew doesn't say that. It says, come to me, those who are burdened, those who are weary and I will give you rest. Come to me, those that are jacked up. That's the Donnie translation. Come to me, those that got junk in your trunk. Come to me, those that don't have it all together, those that, that seem to can't get over fighting with their siblings, those that can't seem to get over that disrespect. Come to me, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus promised to walk with us through life. We start looking at our story. We got to realize what's the label that we're having on our life. Are we labeling ourselves and, and because we label ourselves, we're mislabeling it? Or are we allowing Jesus to label us? And, and so let's look at what are the labels that God puts on us. He says, hey, guess what? John 3, 3.16, for I so loved the world. Guess what that means? The label on you? Loved. Loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are accepted. You are mighty. You are new. Right? Behold, all things are new. The old has passed away. The new has come. God is doing a new thing in you. He labels you new. He labels you powerful. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. That he has put uh, the enemy under my steps. Right? Under my feet. Powerful. You are powerful. You are new. You are loved. You are beautiful. You are bold. You are strong. That's what Christ labels you. And I don't care what you've been labeling yourself and what you've been thinking about yourself, thinking that you're a failure or anything else or unwanted or weird or you're just an outsider. God has said you're more than enough. Man, I love every aspect of you. That you are beautiful. That you are incredible. That I have a mighty plan for you. That you're a mighty, mighty man of valor. That you're a woman of virtue. That's the kind of label that Christ puts on us. And God doesn't mislabel what belongs to him. He's not like, oh, okay, that label's actually not you, sorry. You're not, you're not bold. Um, here, this, this one, this one's bold. Okay, God doesn't label us and mislabel and be like, oh, I, I was hoping they were going to get that way, but apparently it's not. Okay, let's try something else. That's, that's not how God does it. God has put eternity in our hearts because he knows that there's something incredible. So I want you to know something. If you aren't feeling strong, or powerful, or bold, or new, or mighty, or anything that I just described, you need to identify the lie of the label that you're putting on yourself, or that others are putting on you. And you need to peel it off. You need to peel off that label. 
So how do we do that? How do we peel off the label? And you you've, might have heard saying, out with the bad, in with the good. I'll, I'll say, out with the bad, in with God. Out with, out with the negative thinking, in with what God has to say. And, and this is what I want us to say, and you can fill this in. Stop qualifying God's label on you. That's a big word, qualifying. Stop qualifying God's label on you. What does that mean? It, said, it means stop saying that when you get better, when you clean yourself up, then I can go do this. Then I'll talk to my friends. Then I'll go and pray with those people. Then I'll do it. When I get better, when I get more in control of my life, when I do this, then I can believe that God has that label on my life. Stop qualifying God's label on you. God labeled you, and he believes what's in you. And not only that, he doesn't say, I hope they get better, but he knows that just like when we pump this, and hey, the Germex is going to kill 99.9% of the bacteria. Then he knows that, hey, you are beautiful. You are loved. That's in you already. That's not something you have to create. That's not something that we're waiting for you to finally get to. That's something that's already in you. God calls you wonderful, incredible, and mighty right now. He doesn't wait till you're over the addiction, over the uh, depression, or over whatever it might be. And we got to start believing that. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says this. We destroy arguments in every lofty, I love this, opinion. How many of you guys know you got opinions about yourself and some of your friends got opinions about you, right? We destroy every argument and lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God, raised up against the label that God puts on us, and take captive every thought to obey Christ. Every thought. That means it's not just a one-time deal. It means every thought. John 8, verse 31 through 32 says this, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, my label that I put on you, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. See, God wants to put a label on you so that, and you need to start believing so that you can be free to do everything that God created you to do. That you can be free to live, that you can be free to walk out in, in power, that you can be free to walk out in boldness. And then the next thing, stop qualifying God's labels on you. Then this, fill your thoughts with God's truth that's found in his Bible. And it's crucial to have times where you open up the Word of God. If all you hear the Word of God is once a week on Wednesday nights, that's not enough to peel off the labels that the world and yourself are putting on you. You best be getting in God's Word and peeling off those labels and saying, no, 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 I know that my God's not against me, but He's for me. I know that, that He has awesome plans to prosper me, right? If you don't have a Bible, let me tell you something. Talk to me right afterwards. We got a Bible. We'll get you a Bible tonight if you don't have one because it's crucial. And to the point where we're actually going to spend next semester, we're going to spend a whole series talking about the power, the literal power of the word of God and how we so often uh, neglect it and how we overlook it all the time. Next thing, talk to somebody. Find an accountability partner. If you aren't able to do this, because here's the reality, you aren't able to do this on your own. You cannot peel off the labels that you put on yourself or that the world puts on you by yourself. You have to have somebody accountable. And you know who you need to talk to? You can talk to any of us, support staff members. You know why? Because we are constantly, almost every day, 
uh, practicing peeling off those labels. We are constantly saying, you know what, I have to take my own thoughts captive. You know what, I still feel those words, those labels of being weird, of being the outsider, of being unwanted. I still feel the, the, the depression of, of, hey, that label's coming back on me. I have to peel it off every day and say, God, I know that you're for me and not against me. And here's the thing. Don't wait until you feel better to make the right choice, to say, okay, now I can serve God. Because here's the reality. Right emotions follow right thinking, not the other way around. Well, if I just feel better, then I'm going to start thinking the right thoughts. No, no, no. When you start thinking the right thoughts, when you start uh, filling your mind with God's word, when you start realizing that what God's labels are on you, and you start putting that label on your heart, you start putting those labels on your mind that God has called you to be bold. He's called you new. He's called you beautiful. He's called you wonderful. He's called you mighty. When you start saying that, that right thinking starts to, uh, starts to change your emotions. Because the reality is, I still deal with this. I still deal with this. I still deal with those labels. And it's a daily battle that we have to face. If we have to get this battle right, and this is why. Because someone's story depends on yours. Because someone's story depends on your story. And you got to get these labels right. And you got to get the, the negative labels off you and put God's labels on you. Because someone's story depends on it. That the people around you, their story is influenced because of your story. And so people need you to start peeling off the wrong labels and start peeling or putting on the right labels. And this is a battle for your heart. And it's going to be the biggest battle of your life. So don't think that you have to deal, you don't have to deal with it. Oh, it's not that big of an issue. No, no, it is. I know each and every one of you deal with some sort of secret label that you put on yourself. And you're constantly having to realign yourself and say, I just don't know. I just don't know. So tonight we're going to put on uh, some music real fast. And I just want us to, you, you can get alone. You can spread out if you want, but you can just sit in your chairs. And we're just going to spend about 30 seconds to maybe a minute. And I just want you to get alone with God and simply do this. God, would you show me where I'm putting on the wrong labels? And God, would you speak to my heart and let me know how much you love me? And just focus on the love of God tonight. Can we do that for just about 30 seconds to a minute? We'll just put on some music as it, as it starts. I just want you to get no talking, no looking around. Just you and God. God, would you show me the wrong labels that I'm labeling myself, that I'm putting on myself? God, because I just want more of you. Thanks again for listening to this message from Reality Student Ministries. Our hope is that you've learned a little bit more of who God is and who He has called you to be. For information on how you can get connected to our student ministry, be sure to check us out online at reality.painesvilleag.com or like our Facebook page at RSM. Now get out there and have an incredible day.